Welcome back to another edition of the SQ Sports Podcast. We have an NBA Friday on our hands. I'm here with Q, obviously. What's going on? Not much. Um, another NBA week. More drama, more storylines. Uh, you love to see it, especially when we're just in early November. Um, a bunch of big performances, a bunch of shitty performances. Um, but I guess we'll start with what was arguably the biggest performance of the week, or should I say the one that got Twitter the most riled up? Uh, Derek Rose, the 50-burger. Uh, what, what do you think about that? Uh, I Personally, it, it, it was kind of cool to see, like, NBA Twitter kind of come all together. Uh, Rose has had a tainted past, but it feels like this one night just kind of put it put it behind him and, you know, everyone was on his side. So, so what do you think about that? Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. I couldn't really, like, when I saw the when I saw the score, I, like, couldn't believe it. I thought it was, like, because, you know, he hasn't – he's only scored – I mean, he scored 28 last week. He's actually been pretty good since he got the Timberwolves. Yeah. Last year in the playoffs, he was actually playing pretty well. But, I mean, to see him score 50 points, and he was pretty efficient doing it. Like, he hasn't really always been that efficient. But, yeah. I mean, he's 4 or 7 from deep, 19, like 61% from the field. It was pretty cool to see. He was doing a lot of, like, old Derrick Rose stuff, especially when he was driving. Like, when he drives to the basket, he just floats in a way that, like, it kind of was like a throwback to 2011. Yeah. Just because, like, really no one – it kind of reminded me that no one really jumps the way Derrick Rose does. Um, or at least he did in his prime um, when he's attacking the rim. He's like kind of like a more in control Russell Westbrook when he's attacking the basket. But yeah, it was really great to see. I mean, he had six assists as well, um, and he had that game-winning block at the end to yep. seal it. Like I yep. thought that was just like it was pretty unbelievable. And I, I'm pretty happy for him. I mean, he's had a pretty rough few years. Yeah, no, agreed. He the way he uh, controls his body, like you were saying, and uses the head fake and the ball fake. Like it is second to none. I mean, it's a, it's a skill that not a lot of people have. And um, though Derrick Rose isn't the same player he was in his what 2011 MVP year. Yeah, that was it. Um, he definitely is still shows flashes. I mean, he's averaging like 19 five and four this season. So um, he's been he's been a great option for the Timberwolves. Um, I thought the the weirdest thing about it was uh, Jimmy Butler, who didn't play that night. Um, came out and was like getting getting like super hype for rose and he's like all right i always knew he had it in <laughs> so like that like they do people not remember they had major beef on the yeah I, yeah that, that was like right. that's why they traded rose yeah they know. couldn't coexist together so i mean that was just kind of kind of weird um but everything surrounding jimmy butler is is pretty weird <laughs> but um another fantastic performance um we saw this week was clay thompson Dropped 52 points in three quarters. Not even, even not even three quarters. Not even, it, was like, yeah. it was like probably subbed out, I think, with like four minutes left. Yeah, so that's ridiculous. One thing I will say about that is, and the Warriors, this game was against the Bulls. They put up 99 in the first half. I want to, like, I understand, you, you, one, you, you kind of want to show some sportsmanship, and two, you don't want to get your guys injured when you're up by like 50. But I, I want to, one, I want to see when Clyde Thompson has like 39 points in the first half, let him like go for 80, let him go for 90, like keep feeding him the ball. Um, and when the Warriors have 99 in the first half, like go for 170 points, like try to set records like that. Um, I understand why, why they don't do it, but just from like a fan's perspective, I'd, I'd rather see them kind of go for it, go for it. 
Yeah, I agree. It was a little – yeah, I really wanted to keep playing because, like – I mean, he probably could have got, what, like 17 or 18? If what? He, th- if they just left him in. Even for, like, even for, like, half the fourth quarter, he probably could have had, like, 18, yeah. three, which would be yeah. insane. Um, But, yeah, I kind of – I agree with the – it was kind of a bummer seeing them take him out. But it was, like – he was having a really, really bad start to the year shooting. Um, he was at like, um, what was he, 13%? He was at Third from three, yeah. 13.9% before that game, which is really weird for one of the best three-point shooters ever. And then he goes 14 of 24, which is – it wasn't even like that surprising. That was a weird thing. Yeah, Like yeah. he scored 37 and a quarter before. He scored 60 and three quarters before. He, it's just like he's, he's literally a definition of a microwave. Yeah, yep. Um, I, and, and the, the crazy thing is, like you said, he started off so slowly that uh, that performance only has him uh, at 31% from three on the year. So, like, even a performance like that didn't balance out how, how uh, much he was struggling to start the season. So, I mean, that's just kind of an interesting – but that's, like, kind of an interesting little nugget. But like you said, he is the definition of a microwave, and he can go off like that um, any night of the week. So that's why the Warriors are always kind of must watch because you got Steph. What he Steph broke his record, his own record, and then five days later, Clay broke the three his three record. Yeah, like it's pretty wild. I I, I know Steph was like, I that's one thing I do hate like, the, the camaraderie of them. I don't know if they truly are like like each other or because it was reported that Steph in the locker room was like. Go get that record, boy. And obviously, they were feeding him and stuff, but I feel like on the inside, Steph is kind of like, I, I need to go get that record back. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Steph hits 15 threes in a game sometime this season. I mean, if he has 50? 15. Oh, 15, 15 threes. Oh, yeah. Threes, yeah. yeah. I remember he had – I remember the last time he um, – he had, his record was 13, obviously. I remember yeah. the last time he did it, he had, like, the game before, he had, like, the worst shooting game of his life. I think he was, like, 0 of 12 from three. And then the people were, like, oh, they were questioning if he was, like, just taking a step back because it was the year after that – yeah, after the 73 one year. Uh-huh. Um, and then he just shut everyone up with 13. Yeah, it's just, like, it's uh, – I don't mind like, the Warriors anymore as much as everyone else. Yeah. It is kind of, like, man, they're not even, like, worrying about win, like they know they're gonna win they can just like worry about this kind of stuff yeah they're just yeah exactly they're just like oh you go get this record i'll go get i'll go get this other <laughs> and they don't even have boogie yet yeah i know that it, it, it's a scary sight um and kd is kind of getting lost in in the shadow of like all these like fantastic performances from clay and stuff but he's just going out and averaging 28 and 7 and 6 um so that's just kind of how crazy um the warriors have been this season um, but a team who's had some crazy storylines for the wrong reasons, uh, the L.A. Lakers. Obviously, the, we all know the hype surrounding them when LeBron James um, signed with them this offseason. They currently sit at 3-5. and five. They have one of the worst defenses in the league, though they do have one of the better offenses in the league. They have third worst points per game defensively, third best points per game offensively. Uh, <laughs> what do you think about the Lakers, and what do you think about this story – that Woj just dropped about Magic Johnson. It said, quote, unquote, he was admonishing or he admonished um, Luke Walton after their 0-2 road trip and is telling him to get his shit, basically kind of threatening him to, like, figure this out quick. Uh, So what do you think about all that? I think it's not a good sign that that leaked. 
because there's already so much tension on the Lakers now. And it seemed like once they got LeBron, they all, I don't know. It was just like, it was weird the way they made the roster around him. And it's kind of weird that Magic's getting mad at Luke for not, for Magic not putting together like a good roster around LeBron. They have some good guys, like Rondo's good, but he's not really who you want next to LeBron. I remember in summer, they were all talking about how like, yeah, you can't beat the Warriors with shooting. So you have to try to beat him with like guys who are smart. But then you bring in like Lance and Michael Beasley. And I mean, McGee's actually playing well, so you can't really throw him in there anymore. Yeah, but, but like yeah. Lance and Beasley aren't doing anything. Um, KCP is doing nothing. He's making what, 12 million a year? 12. Even yeah. Rondo, like Rondo overthought that the end of that game against the Spurs when he had a wide open layup that could have, you know, yeah. evened it. And then he'd kind of he'd pass it out. So yeah, it's just weird. I, I think. Luke Walton deserves a little bit of blame because he he is running out some weird lineups. Like I think there was a LeBron, Rondo, Lance, KCP, McGee lineup, and like that's just not a good lineup. Yeah, that's... put around LeBron, um, especially with Rondo and Lance. But oh, I mean, you can't really blame him that much. I mean, the three guys that are the four guys that um, they're built like the main guys around LeBron are all second and third year players. Like you can't. Uh, but the th- good thing for them is they've had a really tough schedule, and they actually have a pretty – like, in the next two games are really tough. They play Portland in Portland, and then um, the next day they play Toronto at home. Um, so they could be sitting three and seven, which would not be a good look. But, I mean, I'm not, like, giving up on the Lakers. I still think they're going to make the playoffs. But um, I think yeah. they've shown that this year they're definitely not uh, in that upper tier in the West. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. Um, I think – I but I – I think it's just because it is LeBron, people thought that it would, everything would work out immediately. But for – like, I'm not trying to say, like, call myself like a basketball hardo, but if you actually looked into it, like, there's no way this was going to work to start. Like, yeah. it, they, they were going to have some growing pains, and, it, and it's not going to be 10 games of growing pains. It's probably going to be two months of growing pains um, before they actually hit their stride come December or January. Um, so, and, but what, what can you expect? Uh, the overreaction, it was always going to be there. I thought it was going to be way more from the media, um, and not Magic Johnson. I think Magic should know that, I mean, this team, like you take LeBron James off this team, it's, it's not that great of a roster in the Western conference. So just adding him, I know like LeBron is the ultimate game changer, but you need time to gel together. You need time to mesh together. Um, and yeah, uh, I think like you were talking about the lineup combinations, Walton does throw out some iffy lineups and also defensively, I think you can blame part of that on Walton as well, but I don't like throwing him on, throwing him under the bus this early. Uh, I think he's a good young head coach that he won 35 games with this Lakers team last year. So I mean, yeah, and they were, and they were hurt a lot. Yeah. Um, and I, I the, um, the locker room likes him. Like, like even amid all that um, Lavar Ball shit last year, like Lonzo likes Walton. Um, I know Hart likes Walton. So um, I can't imagine they Magic would do anything drastic, like fire him mid-season, unless it, they're true. That'd be so yeah. dumb, man. Like, yeah, unless they're truly in the gutter. Because I mean, you got to remember Luke Walton. I, I don't want to don't want to quote it. Let me look this up real quick, but. When he was the uh, when he was the interim coach for the Warriors in their seventy three win game season, he had a better winning percentage than Steve Kerr. Yeah, he was like I think he was 30, 33. 7, 30, 
thirty and three. I think it was like thirty-seven and four. Because I think really? yeah, yeah, something just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, so, um, he can definitely manage talent. Um, but yeah, I think it's just going to be uh, just going to take time to gel together. And I, I, I understand where they were going with these one-year signings in the off-season, but I think there needs to be a point where Walton and Magic have to say like. Kuzma, Hart, Ingram, Ball, like these are the guys that we are going to push forward with, with LeBron. But these are the guys that need to be on the court. Like, I I know they're all playing twenty eight minutes plus, but Lonzo Ball deserves double the minutes that Rondo deserves. Like in my yeah. opinion, I, yeah, definitely. I know I know it's early, but I I, I think you, you got to look in the long term here, and you got to develop the guys that are going to be around LeBron for the coming years, because Rondo, it's not like you got a guy on a one-year contract that's going to like help you win a championship this year. Um, so I'd focus on developing the young guys and having them mesh with uh, LeBron. Honestly, a lineup of Lonzo, Hart, Ingram, Kuzma, and LeBron, like you don't really – that'd be with Kuzma at the five. That's like a good lineup besides the fact that you don't have that center. But that's like a – Yeah, for like a spurt offensively, that'd be really good. Yeah. Uh, just because like – all five can handle the ball a little bit. All five can – or most of, for the most part, they can all shoot pretty well. Alonzo's like been yeah. shooting pretty well. Yeah, he has been. Um, the thing about – there's a couple of things with this Lakers team. The thing about LeBron, whenever he joins a new team or, re, I guess, rejoins the Cavs, like when he's gone to Miami, they were 9-8 and eight start. Like him and Wade and Bosh took a little bit to mesh. And then when he got back to Cleveland, they were like under 500 in the middle of January. Yeah, and uh, I remember he took like that two week break or whatever. That's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. actually hurt, but it was it was weird. But then they came back and they went like forty and eight or something like that. Um, and the thing, so I'm like, I was kind of expecting them to start a little slow. But the thing about the Cavs, I know the Cavs look awful without LeBron, but um, like yeah, LeBron carries a team, but like LeBron with four shooters. Even if the four other guys on the court of the, on the Lakers are better than the other four that are on the Cavs, just having the space that the Cavs did is just instantly better for LeBron. Even if they aren't as talented, mm-hmm. that's why. Like even last year, I think they went in like a like a twelve game winning streak in November. The Cavs after they kind of started rocky because they started putting all the shooters around them. So I wouldn't be that surprised if the Lakers brought in um, Corver because Corver is yeah. apparently kind of unhappy that he's getting his minutes cut, which he should because he's good. Um, yeah, I mean, and he's, he's not going to be playing. I mean, yeah. he's already playing somewhere. I would, I mean, if I understand Cavs not playing him because they need exactly. the young guys to be good. But um, so I think yeah. he's a pretty easy buyout or trade candidate because he's not fully guaranteed next year. I would actually really want him on the Sixers, but that's a different story. But I could see him going to the Lakers because him and LeBron had great chemistry last year, especially against the Celtics in the um, conference finals. His defense wasn't bad at all, and he was hitting all the shots. So I think that, like, they really, they don't really have any knockdown shooters. I guess Hart kind of. And Lonzo's shooting well, but, I mean, I don't know how sustainable that is. And KCP's supposed to be, like, the consistent shooter guy, and he's not doing anything this year. Not doing anything. Yeah, Yeah, I don't think this is going to be the same team come, uh, like, April. No, I completely agree. And that's the thing with LeBron is because it's not more putting the most talent around him. It's putting the best fits around him. Yeah. Corver would be a great fit. And, yeah, that that would be a great move. I would be shocked if – this roster uh, doesn't look different come February. Um, I think they're going to add a couple of pieces, maybe shed some guys too. Um, but yeah, and the other thing to note with the Lakers, they've been in every game. I mean, they're they're 
two their biggest losses by nine points. Um, and most of these losses are coming down right to the wire. So it's not like they're just getting blown out like, say, the Rockets or the Wizards who have looked absolutely awful this year. Uh, I believe I think they're one and six. Um, John Wall, Bradley – John Wall has been, been terrible. Um, Bradley Beal has been okay. But it's just not it's just not not working in Washington. What what do you got on him, and what are you seeing from the Wizards? Yeah, it it looks really bad, um, especially because Wall is seemingly healthy, and I mean Beal's playing. Yeah, he's playing pretty well. Twenty three game, he's average from three, um, and he's at like twenty two four and four. But Wall is just like I was. I understood when they gave him that contract because he played so well in 2017, the year that they um, played the Celtics in the fi- in the conference, uh, conference semifinals. Um, they gave him, I think it was four for 170, and that kicks in next year. I'm pretty sure he makes 47 million at the end of that, <laughs> which is rough for a guy who relies on his athleticism so much. Uh, yeah. yep. But I still think he's like, I mean, he's still averaging 21 and seven. He's just really inefficient. Super inefficient. Yeah, and it's just there's such a bad culture in the locker room. And I, like, I know a lot of people are saying, oh, they're playing the Ian Mahimi or Ian Mahimi, and he's pretty rough um, at center. But, I mean, it's not like Dwight Howard is some big culture guy that's going to, like, stabilize yeah. the locker room. Like, yeah, there's a reason he's been, like, five teams in five years or four teams in four years. Um, he's just not – like, yeah, he's a good center. He'll set screens and he'll get rebounds. But I don't think he's the difference. I really think they need to consider blowing it up because – they're, I mean, they're not going to get anything for Wall. And Porter's good, but he's far too overpaid. And he has a big trade kicker because of that uh, restricted free agent deal. So anybody trades for him has to match. It's some weird thing where they have to match more salary than they would normally. Um, so really the only Beal. Like, Beal would be the only person they could trade. because he's. And I found out, I was saying a few weeks ago that he has a player option. He doesn't even have a player option. So he's got this year and then two more. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so that's so a that, that, I mean, that's if you try to get rid of him, that's good. The thing, like, like he would bring in the most, but he's also like he's the guy they should kind of want to build around. He's only twenty five, and he's very he, he's easy to slot into any lineup. Like John Wall. What is John? How old is John Wall? Like twenty seven. Twenty seven or twenty eight, I think. Uh, um, yeah, 20, 20, yeah, he just turned twenty eight. Yeah. Um. So like, it's kind of a it's kind of conflicting if you're the Wizards because it's like, yeah, we want to build around Beal, but it's also like. We need to get we need to restart somehow, and he's really the only way they could do it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I, I know a lot of teams would really like to have Bradley Beal. I yep. think the Lakers might be interested in Beal if he goes on the market. I think they would throw like probably Hart, maybe Kuzma, and probably a pick, and then Picks. maybe even I don't know about Ingram or Ball. I don't know why. I mean, I don't know why the Wizards want Ball if they're going to have John Wall. But um, yeah. Well, if I if I'm the Lakers, I'm going after. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to only have to give up one of those young guys and just load them with picks. Yeah, but, but then the thing I mean, is, those picks perfect world. The thing, yeah, those picks wouldn't be that good though. That's yeah, exactly. Cool. So, so I think there'd be better offers out there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it, they're in a tough spot because it's just they're kind of at like a crossroads. I don't really. It's gonna it's gonna be really. I still think they could make the playoffs because they're still pretty talented. Yeah, agreed. No, that's one of the, yeah they could. They could easily uh, kick it into gear, um, but honestly, right now the I know Wall has been playing terrible, but the biggest their X factor for when they're um, firing on all cylinders is Otto Porter. Uh, mm-hmm. I know last year he was like second or third in the league uh, in three point percentage at like forty three percent. Right now he is shooting twenty seven percent from beyond the arc. 
He's averaging uh, just 10 points a game. Um, he hasn't he hasn't gotten anything going this year. Uh, and so as much as we want to put the blame on Wall or Beal, I think Otto Porter is is sh- should garner a lot of that because his his role on this team is to make three-point jump shots and he's not doing it. So that's a tough look. I mean, the Wizards are ranked virtually they they rank at the bottom half of the league in virtually every category. They're 24th in offensive rating, 25th in defensive rating, last in points per game or last in um defensive points per game, 27th in three-point percentage, 26th in assists. So uh, they're just not a good team right now. And this happens at the beginning of the NBA season. You always have a couple teams who struggle out the gate and uh, eventually right the ship, which – so I, I – at least I assume the Rockets – the Rockets are way more – are ten times more likely to figure it out than, than the Wizards. But I, I agree with you. I think um, – we could see the Wizards in the playoffs come April, but I mean they got some fixing to do. That is for sure. Um, another topic we'll get into: Jimmy Butler. Um, he, it, it's 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 something new every day with Jimmy Butler. But he sat out um, that game. I forget who's the the D Rose game against the, uh, the Jazz. The Jazz, which is a good team. Like yeah, and he sat out. And it looked like he was going to – like reports were that he was going to like sit out for a couple of weeks. Uh, but now he's playing again uh, Friday night tonight against Golden State. Um, Butler's actually been really good this year, 22-5-3, shooting 50% from the field, 40% from downtown. Um, but, I mean, this whole situation is, is – I can't really believe good. he's playing right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, I mean so, – It's so weird because, like, the whole time – the whole, like the three weeks before the season started, it was all like they're like they're not even talking, like him and Cat and Wiggins or whatever. And then the practice thing happened. Yeah. And it's like I don't know how he. He's, then he almost got traded to Miami, and then like I don't know how he's not on the Rockets right now. Yeah. What's up with that? So because now they can trade uh, Knight and Chris because it's been two months. Oh. Uh, trade, and I don't know yeah. how. Like it was supposed to be oh uh, Halloween. That's going to be like. Um, the day where he gets traded because now they could trade Knight and Chris and it still hasn't happened. And apparently they, they're not really that close to the Rockets on a deal, which is like, I don't know what they want at that point. Like no one's going to offer that much. That's yeah, what the put f- on him. You're not going to get any more. Like, yeah. For, like that may, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess maybe that's why he sat against the jazz thinking that the trade was imminent. And then now that you realize that they're not close, you come back and play. But yeah, like you said, I mean, I mean, but you can tell the on-court dynamic is kind of weird with Cat struggling so much. Um, is I feel like is definitely a byproduct of the whole off the off the court Jimmy Butler mess. But yeah, um, I mean, I do hope he gets moved and to the Rockets. I that'd be really interesting to see fit. Um, but yeah, you, you never know. That's one of those things where. Oh, any time of the day, a Woj bomb could just come out, and it's going to be either like Jimmy Butler's on the move, or Jimmy Butler does this, or Jimmy Butler says that. So you just never know with this guy this season. Yeah, it'll be pretty. I, I, I honestly, at this point, I have no idea where he's going to go. He can go to like I can see the Sixers trading for him. I can see like Portland maybe making a deal. I, I know the Lakers can't because they don't have the salary to match up. So, but yeah. um, I even like the Heat might be back into it. 
I don't know, man. It's just getting it, annoyed at this point. It's kind of more annoying. Like, it's weird than yeah. the Kawhi thing, and the Kawhi thing was really weird. Yeah. Um, because of the I, injury. I don't know. I just hope that whatever happens happens sooner rather than later because yeah. we're just going to keep beating the same drum over and over again. And then if this drags out until late January or February, one, the unless – okay, I mean, I mean, two things could happen if it drags out that long. One, his value could go way down. Or two, uh, teams could be at that point where we're Jimmy Butler away from competing for the title. Yeah. So it could drive his value up. So I just hope it doesn't get that far. Uh, I just want this to end. I want the new storyline to be how is Jimmy Butler fitting in with his new team. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, the, the, it's, it's definitely uh, – Jimmy Butler saga has definitely been something we, we didn't expect was going to happen, but uh, weird nonetheless. Um, any more, any more broad topics you want to touch on? Um, I know that the, the Bucks Celtics game last night was good ass game and the Bucks dropped their first one on the season. I was going to bet the Celtics, but Jalen Brown was out. Um, but that, that, uh, turned into a good game at the end. Yeah. Um, Tatum almost choked. Yeah. Like when he fouled Bledsoe and then Bledsoe choked. Yeah. I thought Tatum got fouled when he, like, it looked like. When there was like three Bucks defenders around him, when they yeah, were like, yeah, they kind of looked like he got fouled, but whatever. Um, I feel that. Yeah, don't, don't the good thing me. about for this, I guess, if you're a Celtics fan, the good thing is that um, Kyrie's finally back. Kind of, he had a pretty rough start. Yeah, he was scoring like every time I looked, he had like three points, five points, eight points, and then the last two games, he had 28 and seven last night. Uh, Hayward had 18 and five. Like I think it's starting to come together for them. I think they're showing why they were so. Um, like hyped before the season started, and then Al Horford had another great day. Even uh, Tatum at the end picked up. He was playing terribly in the first half, and then he really picked up at the end. Although even though he did almost choke, and like Morris having seventeen, Aaron Baines, like they're all. It's just I've we said it a million times, but their their depth is unbelievable. Every time they always have like at least three really good players on the court, which is pretty, yeah, which is pretty um pretty envious as a Sixers fan because Sixers have no bench. Um. But the Bucks, for the most part, uh, Middleton didn't really have a great game. He only shot six of eighteen. He only had sixteen points. He's been bomb this year. Brooke Lopez only had two points, and it's like I understand Brooke Lopez is helping them a lot uh, with their spacing, but it's still like I don't understand how he, he gets like he gets no rebounds, and he's a seven. He's yeah, seven yeah, <laughs> yeah. He can't. Yeah, and I know Giannis. Giannis gets a lot of rebounds. Like he had eleven boards, which I guess kind of makes up for it. But it's just it's just really weird. Um, yeah, it is it, that. To your point, Giannis does swoop in and, and snag a lot of those rebounds. But Brook Lopez doesn't really move that well. I feel like he's he like plays in slow motion almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, going off your point of the Celtics always having the like three like solid players on the floor. Um, my probably my favorite guy on the Celtics, uh, if not one of my favorites, Gordon Hayward, has not looked that good so far this season. I mean, he had a season high against Milwaukee, eighteen points. Um, it's not even that he's he's not hitting his shots. He he's not really getting a lot of shots. Mm-hmm. Um, he's only averaging like nine uh, attempts per game for a guy that's that's making what he's making and is is has in not last like before the injury was such a good score. Um, it seems like I, Gordon Hayward would never be the one to like bitch about it, but could there be like a power struggle for who's getting these shots and? 
because I feel like he's kind of getting overshadowed by Tatum right now, and he he Hayward hasn't looked hasn't looked himself so far this season. Yeah, like he's only averaging eleven points. Um, he is shooting well from three at least, but like overall, he's not like be showing that he's a dominant scorer that he was in twenty seventeen with the Jazz. Yeah, I think he'll pick up because he's still coming back and he's only playing twenty five minutes a game. Yeah, that's that's true. He's he did look a little off. He's ha- he's looked a little off for a lot of the games, which kind of makes sense because he hasn't played in like a year. But um, I don't think he's ever going to score like twenty points a game as long as he's on the Celtics. As long as I mean, if this roster stays together, unless they like trade um, for like AD or something. But, I mean, if they get AD, it'll probably go down even more. But um, with Tatum and Brown on the wing, and then Kyrie. And Horford's probably going to get, like, 13 a game, too. It's like I could see him being, like, a 17-point-a-game guy where a lot of people that don't really watch are like, yeah, like, why is he getting paid $128 million? But, I mean, it'll be – I mean, it's interesting. I feel like they don't even really need him. And I don't I think I don't think they regret signing him, but it's kind of like – I don't think they expected Tatum to be as good as he is or Brown.